0: Welcome into the Puttcraft Podcast. My name is Reed Nelson this Saturday. September 16th 1 p.m. We will be at the loon's nest in Shoreview for our fourth loon's nest event of the season. Our third open event there, October 7th, 10 a.m. Match play masters Eagle Lake, Plymouth, Minnesota. That will return this season. That will be our final outdoor event of the season. Weather is looking absolutely spectacular for this Saturday. Couldn't tell you the weather for October 7th. Uh, unfortunately, I do not have a crystal ball. Uh, um, the Match Play Masters event, anyone can play in it. Somebody had this question for me earlier, and it was a good question. Um, you know, with the name Masters in the title, is that something that only a specific people can play in? And no, that is not. Anybody who wants to play in the Match Play Masters is absolutely, um, uh, able to. So that's October 7th, 10 a.m. Plymouth this Saturday, uh, 1 p.m. Loon's Nest, uh, cannot wait to see you all there. Here are, in my opinion, the biggest storylines as we enter Saturday's event. Storyline number one is the course records. And I say records because there's five of you who are uh, tied with a course record 42. Is it going to fall on Saturday? I'm not certain yet. The weather's looking great. You've all played this course several times. We just had an e league event there a couple about a month ago. Um, so you know the course is the course is ready for a new course record. Um, six rounds, five players: Sean Anderson, Eric Aselius. Sean Brown twice, Joel Brown, Michael Carlson. Those are your five course record holders, 42. I'm going to break down each one of them. How are they similar? How are they different? Are there any trends? Are there any stats that stick out? There's at least one. I want to see if anything kind of comes up along the line, uh, along the way here. So again, five records, but six rounds. I'm going to break down all six of these rounds here only two double bogeys okay now remember loon's nest is all par threes that makes this really simple sean anderson had a double bogey on hole four joel brown had a double bogey on hole five only four bogeys here remember this is six rounds eric aselius had one on 11 he also had one on 16 in the same round sean brown had one on 16 And Michael Carlson had one on sixteen as well. Sean Brown is the only player here on his uh, on this that that has a perfect round. With I I shouldn't say a perfect round. It's not a perfect round. A round without any red on it, no bogeys. Okay, so one of the six was was a was a non bogeyed round. If we look at aces, uh, Sean Anderson had one. Sean Brown had one both times. Joel Brown had one. Michael Carlson's round had two. And Eric Aselius's round had three. So Sean Anderson on 12. Eric Casselius on 12. Eric Casilius also had one on eight and on 14. Excuse me. Did I say Sean Brown? I meant Sean Anderson. If I said Sean Brown, I'm going to do this over again because I got it mixed up. Sean Anderson, 12. Eric Casselius. 12, 14, and 8. Sean Brown, 10. Sean Brown, 1. Joel Brown, 8. Michael Carlson, 1 and 9. There's a couple holes that everybody had the exact same score on, and they were birdies. Hole 2, every single round had a birdie. A 2. Hole 18, every single round had a birdie. Hole two. Those were the only holes that had the exact same score on all six scorecards, which I, I think is relatively interesting. Um, hole four only had one birdie, and that was Joel Brown. Okay, now the hole four is not really a birdieable hole. Um, and then it's interesting because Joel Brown probably would love to have the next hole back where he took a five. So Joel Brown a two on four. And then a five on um, five. Now, keep in mind, the next worst score on five, Sean Brown had a three. Okay, so every single player had a two other than Sean Brown's three and Joel Brown's five. Hole 16, not a single birdie. And we know that. 16 is a really difficult hole. We're going to talk about 16 a little bit later. Um, A bogey. Bogeys for Eric Celius and Sean Brown. And Michael Carlson, everybody else with a par. If we compare the average score from each of these six rounds with the average score of all the other rounds, a couple of interesting things emerge. As you might guess, all of the holes, the average of the course records are below the average of every other score on every single hole, except for one. And I'm not really sure what to make of this. Hole 11 averages for everybody a 2.82. For the six records, 2.83. So it's close. It's right there, um, but it's it's not it's not the same. It's not the same. It's worse. Interestingly enough, if we go all the way to the other end of the spectrum, hole eight is where we see the biggest change. the The, the record holders have a score of an average score of one point six seven. Everybody else an average score of 2.73. The next biggest change is hole 13, record holders 2.67. Everybody else a 3.60. I, I should note, I actually skipped one. Um hole 12 uh is actually the number one. It's close, it's, it's close to hole eight, but it's not. Um, but but it's it's better. Um an average score of two the record holders an average score of 3.11 for everybody else so that's really where you make your or where these six have really you know made up a lot of ground is hole 12 hole 8 and hole 13 now as we know the back eight or the back nine is a lot more difficult than the front nine so it's kind of interesting that that two of those holes take place on the back nine um other than that, I can't really find any other trends. Each each round is totally different from the others. Um, you know, only I I guess if you're looking for which hole you want to ace, if you want to set a record, it would be one. It would it was aced twice. Hole eight was aced twice in in these on these six scorecards and hole 12 was aced twice. So 33% of the time on the, on the course record uh, rounds um, hole one and hole eight and hole 12 were all aced. Um, you know, you want to avoid double bogeys, even though it's happened twice and it's, they still resulted in, in records. Now it should be noted that that is Reason why I think this is going to fall. I mean, if you look at Joel Brown specifically, again, he went two on four and then five um, on on five. You say, okay, read, but those average out. Not really, right? He had seven strokes on those two holes. Michael Carlson had five. Sean Brown had six and five. Eric Aselius also had five. So, really, Joel Brown took that two and really kind of wasted it, you know, with the next hole. He may not look at it that way, and, and you know I don't blame him necessarily. So you know there isn't a specific way to go about setting a course record. I, I guess is 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 what we learned here. I should have said this at the top. I did this last time, but I'm operating under the assumption that everybody's playing on Saturday, right? With, with some of these things that I'm about to say, or the storylines, I should say. I know that's not the case. I, there's going to be people that I mentioned here that aren't going to be playing on Saturday and that's fine. I'm just, I'm just, or I think they're not going to be playing on Saturday. They might, Every, everybody might show up. Um, the second thing I want to look at is, or the second storyline, number two, if I had a sound effect, it would say number two, uh, Eric Celius, um, Of course, speaking of number two, uh, jumped Matt Rolstead in the most recent player rankings goes from three to two. Um, and, you know has has had a really 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 great season. And let's take a look at how Eric matches up with some other players. Um you know head to head if you will. Both this season and overall. So Eric versus Sean Anderson. This season, Eric's got him 4 to 3. Overall, he's got him 8 to 3. Eric versus Joel This season, he's 1-0-1 against him. Overall, he's 2-1-1 against him. Eric versus Anthony Dunkel. He's 6-0 this season, 11-1 overall. Eric versus Josh Benesh. I don't know why I said it that way. Sorry, Josh. Um, (laughs) Maybe that's the one time I've pronounced it right. How funny would that be? Um, uh, Eric versus Josh. 6-1-1 this season, 12-3-1 Overall, Eric versus Tom Loftus, 5-2 this season, 8-4 and 1 overall. Eric versus Zach, 7-2 two, and 2 this season, 10-7 and 2 overall. Eric versus Matt Rolstead, 3-0 this season, 5-4 overall. Eric versus Sean Brown, 5-4 this season, 9-7 overall. Interesting. Eric is riding a 2- uh, event win streak um, wants to become the first player to ever go back to back to back. That is yet to happen yet, um, but has also not won at loon's nest has gotten very 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 close has been right at the door um, both times this season um and you know he was one stroke behind sean anderson in july and then if we go back and look at the uh, season three open he was one stroke behind sean brown i'm gonna go all the way back to october because unfortunately i don't have this information right off the top of my head um but if we go back to our first event at loon's nest guess what Second, again, five strokes behind Eric Aselius. That, Eric Aselius, is our number two uh, most interesting storylines heading into Saturday's event. All right, number three, Anthony Dunkel. Anthony Dunkel, winner of the inaugural Puttcraft Open back in April of 2021, proceeded to knock off 11 top five finishes in his first 20 events. He has missed seven consecutive top fives he was sixth at lily putt he was eight, eighth at centennial lakes he was 11th at como park he's played two events at loon's nest he's been 11 under and 10 under uh at each time and if we look at the last open event at loon's nest that both scores 11 under and 10 under would be enough to place in the top five 11 under would be an outright fifth place finish 10 under would be a would have been a tie for fifth place if we look at the e-league um, you know, j- just just looking at the last E-League event at Loon's Nest, and I think this is kind of interesting, 11-under um, would have tied him with fifth place with Owen, with Owen Pendleton. 10-under uh, would have placed him completely outside of the top five, which brings us to our next topic. Which is the E League event that took place here uh, less than a month ago. This was this is topic number four, and you know the trend at Loon's Nest is that the more you play it, the better you're going to get. And obviously that that can be a trend at pretty much every course, but um, we're going to reach a plateau, if you will. So, if we look at the last E League event, um, and I want to break down these six players specifically: Cameron Aselius, Mike Pendleton, Michael Carlson, Mark Janini, Robin Schwartzman, Caden Aselius. They all improved um, from their previous Open event at Loon's Nest up until this August. Cameron took eight strokes. Off of his round, of course, he won the event. Um, he went from a 9-under, his last trip to Loon's Nest, to a 17-under at the E-League event. Um, Mike Pendleton, this was actually his first event there, and he was 16-under, which... Makes Mike a really sneaky dark horse candidate on Saturday again. Assuming he's there, I'm going to go ahead and assume that he is, because that was the first time that he plays played at a Puttcraft event there, and he was 16 under par. Michael Carlson went from 10 under again. Remember, course record holder, 10 under to 15 under at the E League event. Mark Janini went from three under to 14 under. Robin Schwartzman went one under to eight under, and Caden Celius went six under to seven under. Part of the E-League is to get players, you know, uh, experience competing when they, you know, aren't necessarily doing that at open events. Although some of them have, mind you. Um, I'm really curious for these six on Saturday. Really curious. I want to see the events or excuse me, the the score that they had at the last e-league event and how that compares to this open event, seeing if that trend continues. Um, you know, again, Mark went from three under to 14 under. That's 11 strokes. Cameron went from nine under to 17 under. That's eight strokes. Robin took off seven strokes. Mike, Michael Carlson took off five strokes. Mike Pendleton, he went from 16 under to we'll see on Saturday. So. Really, really, really fascinating to see those six specifically, and if they're able to build on those rounds, of course, it's going to be harder to do that for Cameron Cecilius. It's going to be harder to go from seventeen under to say nineteen under than it was from for him to go from nine under to seventeen under. Um, so that is topic number four. Topic number five, our fifth and final topic, is the player rankings and how people are going to respond to said player rankings i should note that this last most recent ranking is easily the most feedback i've heard from people a couple things just as a side note you know i love it that you guys send me send me your uh you know your thoughts but also feel free to put those thoughts out in public i like that too i want to get that 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 conversation going I looked back to the very beginning because Anthony had brought up, is this the first time that he wasn't on the top five list or the top or the player rankings was originally a top five and it actually wasn't. There is not a player who has been on every single player ranking. Um, You know, Sean Brown started late Uh, didn't start late he started after the third event and we had already had multiple player rankings up until that point anthony dunkel had actually dipped out of the top five before coming back on board and then of course we expanded it to a top 10 again the 8 9 10 spot i got a lot of feedback from you i stand by it you know, Mike Pendleton could absolutely make a case to be in there. Um, Tony Vandermark could make a case to be in there. Asher Vandermark could be make a case to be in there. Um, went with went with what I felt at the time, and it'll be interesting to see how people respond to that. Couple things: Matt Rolstead drops from one uh, at the end of last season, actually was one at the beginning of this season, to two, and now to three again i'm assuming matt's gonna be there on saturday i don't know if that's actually gonna be the case would love to see uh you know how he responds to that um caden mark janini cameron Celius, asher vandermark tony vandermark michael carlson um who am i missing here um mike pendleton you know that eight nine and ten spot no, i'm not gonna to lie to you guys is, is pretty fluid Generally speaking, in the offseason, there's going to be more, um, how do I put this? There's We basically only do one event a month in the offseason, and we're going to do player rankings after each event. If something were to happen to one of those three players, and they were to finish in last, and Asher Vandermark finishes in fourth, guess who's poking their head into the top 10 in your spot? Why? Because... It, it's kind of like the football and baseball comparison, right? There's 162 games in baseball. There's now 17 in football. There used to be 16. So it's really easy to say one NFL game equals 10 Major League Baseball games. Well, one putcraft event in the offseason, in, in the indoor season, I should say, or the offseason, because we're technically outdoors on Saturday, um, is is equivalent to two two and a half puckcraft events because i'm not going to wait for two or three events to make a new player ranking each event will see a new player ranking so so there is quite a bit of fluctuation if you will so fascinating to see eight nine and ten because there is you know those are not firm (laughs) folks one through seven pretty firm pretty firm 8, 9, and 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, not as firm, not as firm. There's going to be a lot of shifting um, in that group there. Um, also want to give a shout out to Anthony Dunkel. I feel like I've dropped his name so many times in this in this uh, episode. He's right in that, you know, I didn't hold it against him, quote unquote, that he wasn't p- that he wasn't e-league eligible but I technically was holding it against him because he wasn't able to compete so if I'm giving cameron giving cameron the benefit of the doubt and saying cameron you have the recency bias that's why I'm putting you at 10 Anthony's not a part of that conversation because he's not eligible for that conversation. And that's why it was so tricky and difficult. Um, the bottom, the bottom of, of those player rankings there. But again, seeing how people respond, you know. You guys go on and pretend like it doesn't matter. It does. It does. I, I know I I can, I can hear, I can hear it in your text, in your sarcasm, you know, what? whether you think I'm wrong or right or any of that stuff. I love it. I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. Something I found interesting when I was doing um, the research for this event was our last open event, a uh, whole 16 and an average score of 3.9 at loon's nest. Last E-League event, hole 16 had an average score of 3.6, interestingly enough. I will say again, I said this last time, I'll say it again, the tee shot doesn't matter unless you go out of bounds, which we didn't see happen um, at the last E-League event. I think Cameron did it. Um, It's the second shot. If you're going to practice anything, practice that second shot, because your tee shot's going where every single other tee shot goes on hole 16, and you know exactly where it is. Work on that bank, bring that down. I I, I want to see that average score coming down from a 3.6 or a 3.9, I guess, technically, if we're being honest here. We've updated the um, hole breakdowns for Loon's Nest. All of the data is in there. All 112 holes are in there. And no surprise... Hole 16 is the most difficult on the course. It is the 19th most difficult on the circuit. Before I go any further, just the reminder, you know what's coming here. When I talk about difficulty here, I'm going difficulty against par. The way I see it is you're playing against the course. And if you go and you get a birdie, you beat the course. If you go and you get a bogey, you lose to the course right? And again, you're competing against each other, but ultimately you're competing against yourself in the course. So whenever I talk about the most difficult and the least difficult, that's what I'm going to. Um, Obviously the easiest hole on the entire puckcraft circuit is hole 17 to Veterans Memorial, Um, you know, period. So hole 16 is the most difficult hole, um, 0.82 strokes over par. There's only four holes that average scores over par. There are 16, 13, 4, and 17. Of those four holes, three of them are in the top 75, I guess the top 63 for most difficult holes on the entire circuit. 16 is the 19th most difficult 13 is the 36th most difficult, and 4 is the 63rd most difficult. 13 has an average score 0.54 strokes over par. 4 has an average score 0.38 strokes over par. I promise you this is the last piece of advice I'm going to give for you. Don't go out of bounce on 4. Wheels coming off if you go out and bounce on four, unless your name's Sean Anderson. When then you then you're just gonna go on to win the event. Um, hole seventeen, uh one point or excuse me, point one two strokes over par. Of those four holes, only one of those four has have been aced. That is hole. 17. That has an ace percentage of 0.89%, meaning it's been aced once. And that is the only hole on this course that's been aced once, which means I got to go find out who did it. Hole 17. Let me think. Let me think. Let me think. Nope. I don't know it off the top of my head. I'll be right back. Okay. It was Michael Carlson. um, At the last E-League event, he took a one on hole 17 okay let's go from the other direction i was making a joke earlier when i said that 17 at veterans memorial was the easiest hole on the circuit actually it is an average score of 1.99 a full 1.0127 strokes below par only one other hole on the circuit averages a uh a a score full stroke below par did you know that it is at moose mountain the 16th hole okay let's get rid of all of that stuff excuse me here so again now we're going easiest to most difficult there are 14 holes at loon's nest that average um a score under par the seventh being the easiest with an average score of 0.6518 i'm just gonna say 0.65 strokes under par has an ace percentage of 3.57 <clears throat> excuse me that is the 23rd easiest hole on the circuit the 26th easiest hole on the circuit hole three with an average score 0.63 strokes below par the 38th easiest hole on the circuit i'm only going to name off the uh, the ones under the 50th 38th most difficult easiest excuse me hole nine average score 0.56 strokes below par the 40th easiest hole on the circuit hole 10 with an average score 0.54 strokes under par the 46th easiest hole on the circuit, hole 14, an average score of 0.5089 strokes under par. Then there's the ones in the middle of the pack. These holes have an average score between 0.4 strokes under par and 0.008 strokes, eight, nine strokes under par in this order from easiest to most difficult: 18, 2, 5, 1, 6, 8 11 15 12. Okay, uh, a couple of holes have not been aced, probably will not be aced. Um of course 16 that I can comfortably say will not be aced, 13 4 and 15 there's only five holes on this course that have never been aced before. Uh no double eagles, there are no double eagles that are possible. Birdie percentage, the hole with the highest birdie percentage is the easiest hole, hole seven, 65.18% of the time that hole has been birdied. The hole with the least amount of birdies, of course, the hardest hole. Hole 16 with a birdie percentage of 1.79%. And then lastly, let's do bogey percentage. Um, The hole with the least amount of bogeys, just bogey now, um, not not counting double bogeys or worse, um, is actually hole number one. Kind of a middle of the pack hole there with a bogey percentage of 5.36. And then no surprise, hole 16 has been bogeyed percent Two nine percent of the time okay there is nothing else that i feel like i want to get to between now and saturday i will see you then um beautiful day again 1 p.m tea time loon's nest in shoreview excited to see you all